0: Hello. Everything's changed. It has been one week since the last episode, and beyond. I am totally recording this one week later. Yeah. Hello. Hello! Welcome to another episode of Hegel. Have a good one. Yeah, okay, I'm not doing the Toad Marge Simpson love child voice for the whole time, because, uh, that's a bit... It's a bit sore on me throat, if you know what I'm saying. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, Take This To Your Grave. We were looking at Take This To Your Grave, Fallout Boy's first ever studio album. Uh, what did I think about the songs up to and including Chicago Is So Two Years Ago? Well, you're gonna have to find out in the previous episode that is already up, so... If you haven't already listened to that one, I have no idea why. I I don't know, maybe you just really hate the first half or just don't care about it and just went straight to the second half. That sounds like something I would do with a movie franchise or something like that. Just watch it all out of order. But anyway, so we're going to now start off, kickstart this off with the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the pros and cons of breathing. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting title. I wonder what's going to get brought up in this song. Anyway, we start off with drums and a pretty standard guitar chord progression. Uh, progressively light intro. Uh, the first verse is good enough. Um, the woe drops the music a little bit. There 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 are some woes uh, in the in the um song. Um, and when I say wo I'm talking about the actual word woe, not the stupid friggin' hand motion with wo <laughs> I just realized how that might have sounded. Um, yeah, the Woe drops the music a little bit, it's a nice touch, and is the main separation between the verse and the chorus, sounds rather standard, uh, before the second verse it gets quieter, and then pulls back, nice touch, again, uh, the choruses and verses don't really change up too much, but that's pretty normal for songs. Uh, the bridge starts getting a lot more hammering in the instrumental. The vocals then get distorted, almost... But not like uh, not like unclean vocals. It's almost like it has the same voice filter as an electric guitar. It's weird. I haven't heard that very often, actually. Uh, then we get some more distorted backup vocals in the end. Again, really weird hearing vocal distortion in a Fall Out Boy. I don't know, maybe that's actually a staple trait of Fall Out Boy. Um, that I just haven't heard in any of the songs that they've done. There is a member that specifically does unclean vocals. Uh, so it must be a regular thing in Fall Out Boy songs. I guess. For the record, the the person doing the unclean vocals is also the bassist of the band Pete Wentz. Um, so, what's this song about? Well, you better brace yourself because this is quite the unique story. Okay, so, his girlfriend dumped him, leaving him both saddened and angry. They ended on less than okay terms. I know, shocking, right? But even after all this emotional pain, he knows that deep down, he still wants to be with her. He also places all the blame on himself, despite the fact that he wants to hate her out of spite, but he just can't do it, he just cares about her too much. Um, one of the lyrics to the songs is, I wish I was as invisible as you make me feel. Like, dang, he really hates himself. So anyway, I'm gonna give the pro- <laughs> The pros and cons of breathing, I'm gonna give a 6 out of 10. It's okay, not as generic as others, and there is actually a decent amount of variation in the bridge and the last chorus, but it was still kind of eh as far as sound goes. The vocals don't really naturally change up that much either. Anyway, next up we have Grenade Jumper, and the title of the song just reminds me of rocket jumping back in TF2. Ah, TF2 good times. I would play it, but unfortunately, I have a laptop and a desktop computer, right? Neither of them can actually run the game well. Like, it just lags so badly that it's basically unplayable. So, I unfortunately can't really play it. Anyway, we get a decent guitar riff to start off. I don't know why, but this intro is immediately more engaging than the others. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Patrick, while he's singing, slips into falsetto, but it's a very weak falsetto. It's like, eh. Uh, the lyrics, the chorus involves, uh, Hey, Chris! Hey, Chris! What's up? They really love this Chris guy. And I mean, hey, why wouldn't they? Anyway, the second verse sounds more muffled in the vocals. Uh, we get some more weak falsetto. The second chorus didn't have much of a... Much of a sign of going in, it also seems a little more arrhythmic, I don't know, sort of out of sync or something like that. Uh, The bridge has someone else singing, I'm not sure exactly who, but the vocal overlaps uh, and ends nicely. The third chorus starts off a cappella and then explodes again. The outro includes more vocal overlaps, with two completely different sets of lyrics being sung. It actually sounds quite interesting. Anyway, then we get a final guitar strum to end it all off. Well, it's clear that this song is about a Chris, who was their only friend. But who is this Chris? Hey, Vsauce, Michael here, and I'm here to tell you who this Chris is. The Chris mentioned is one Chris Gutierrez. I probably mispronounced that name. A musician from Chicago who was in a few earlier bands with Fallout Boy, like Arma Angelus, An- Angelus, Angelus. I don't know how to pronounce that one either. He also performed solo as one Hey Chris. Apparently, Chris had a falling out with Pete Wentz, the bassist who also is the one that provides the unclean vocals for the band, but despite this fall- falling out, they still don't regret making Grenade Jumper as tribute to Chris. So with that in mind, I'm going to give Grenade Jumper a 6.5 out of 10. It's pretty memorable instrumentally, it's nice and wholesome, the bridge is pretty hype as well. I don't give it a higher score because I still think, as far as variation and general sound, Homesick at Space Camp is better. So I wouldn't put it above or at the same score as it. Anyway, next up we have Calm Before the Storm. So the first lyrics, or one of the first lyrics are, This story's going somewhere. Oh is it now? Well colour me intrigued. The first verse is a slow burn before it gets into a more energetic pre-chorus. It kind of reminds me of the Dennis the Menace opening, if you remember that one. Uh, if you've ever seen Dennis the Menace, the one that's like playing by the rules is highly overrated. Unstoppable, unstoppable. Yeah, it's <laughs> actually quite nostalgic. Anyway. Uh, the instrumental is quite catchy. I'm not sure if this is a persistent thing in this album, but at least for this song, the instrumental kind of drowns out the vocals. Again, it kind of like a mixing issue. One sounds like a bit too loud for the other. And I know that I've suffered that problem in some of my episodes, some of my previous episodes. The instrumental is quite catchy. Um... Yeah. Future me just cut out that last part I just repeated myself. Anyway, the chorus is kind of the slower point of the song, which is an interesting choice. I like the frantic instrumental combined with the slower vocals. We get a guitar solo that's pretty decent. It repeats itself, but it sounds decent. Then it steps up and becomes more explosive. After the bridge, the instrumental fades out and pa- and Patrick goes acapella-, acapella for a bit before it all fades back in with some distortion backup vocals. Makes it more explosive. Then, it all fades out on a final guitar chord. Nice ending. Well, the story's definitely going somewhere. It's about a guy in a relationship with a girl who's cheating on him. He didn't want to find out, but she regrets it. Not the cheating part, the whole getting caught part. That's the part that she can live without. She doesn't want it to end, because she doesn't want to take responsibility for her actions, but but he assures her that, don't worry, this relationship could not possibly be more over. But that's not all. This girl is quite a vindictive person, because she goes to the extra effort of coming to his house and being like, oh, you're easily replaced. Wow, that's nice of her, far out. Some shitty people exist in this world. Anyway, uh, so I give Calm Before the Storm a 7 out of 10. I also like this song quite a bit. So far the songs have been getting progressively better as they've gone along. It varies up its energy and intensity. It's a good sound. The subject matter is clichéd, but uh, but the actual lyrics themselves, uh... but the actual lyrics are quite catchy. And again, the outro is the real clincher. However, I think the mixing is pretty weird. And it's not quite as headbanging as I like my songs to be. Hence why I'm settling on A7. The next up, uh, the next song is Reinventing the Wheel to Run Myself Over. <laughs> this is to be one of the most emo-sounding song titles I've ever heard. Anyway, we get a nice bass line. Uh, good to hear the bass getting some love. You know, you don't usually hear a lot of songs, you know, giving the bass some love. Um, but then... Oh my gosh, like... It just sounds like, it, 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 the it as the song progresses, it just sounds like it's just hammering. It sounds so arrhythmic. I would actually say it sounds bad. The pre-chorus then lets up, thankfully. Uh, the chorus is okay. I'm not a huge fan of the whole my say-yay-yay-yell thing. I don't know, it doesn't sound that good to me. Uh, the second verse sounds a little less a but still pretty a The chorus is decent enough, um, but Patrick also does this weird inflection in the last myself. He's like, uh, myself. It almost sounds like he's making fun of his own voice, actually. The song ends, and we hear the band laughing and having a good time, which kind of leads me to believe that this song... Uh, is not meant to be taken too seriously. This song is about the fear of peaking too soon, and if this is him at his best, then he has nothing to look forward to in life. Well, I mean, hey, I guess that's pretty emo. Anyway... Uh... Yeah, it's a... That's a... That's kind of a depressing thing. So I'm giving this song a 4 out of 10 just to make it even more depressed. The song is decently catchy. It isn't... Okay, it isn't painful to listen to, but there are quite a few musical decisions that I think sound bad. Like, the lack of synchronization with the instrumental and singing makes it sound very out of place. Uh, Also, the My Say Yay Yay Elf bit and the fact that it's not exactly the most instrument, the the most interesting instrumental, all led me to give it a failing grade. But it's still listenable, so I can't really score it any lower than that. Next up, we have the Patron Saint of Liars and Fakes, which is actually the final song of the uh, original album. So we get a dirty intro, more grungy. The music fills in more, and it sounds kind of grungy. Uh, the vocals come in, and the general vibe, well, quite a lot. Patrick Stump's vocals are so clean; they really remind me of Brendan Urie's in this song, actually, uh, in a good way. The chorus is quite catchy. I think it's mostly the vocals that make it catchy though. Um In the verses, the vocals are pretty short. Like um Hold on, let me let me get the lyrics up just to give you an idea on what exactly I mean by that. Um So, if I get it up here, the patron saint of lies and fakes. Um It's just, like, very, like, short, uh, vocals that kind of... I don't know, I guess it's just the verses and, like, maybe the syllables in the words. It just felt pretty short. Uh, the choruses are better because they are naturally more belty. Uh, and we also get the lyrics, take this to your grave. Ah! We've got the album title at long last! Uh, the bridge... The bridge has an instrumental that's pretty catchy. The outro is decent enough. It's just Patrick repeating the same vocals. The guitar is quite nice. It sounds nice and sinister to fade out to. And I think it stayed that way the whole time. But Patrick's vocals are just so bright in this song that it completely changed the feel of the song. That's a pretty interesting thing to note, actually. So anyway, this song is about... (gasps) A guy in a relationship, one that's gotten to a point where he's worried it might end. He's avoiding a face to face encounter to dodge a breakup. This breakup may have been caused by him trying too hard to not appear desperate, and in the process, he just came across as uncaring about the relationship, which, uh, yeah, it's kind of rough, not gonna lie. Anyway, so I give the Patron Saint of lies and Fakes a 6 out of 10. This song's quite catchy, but it's also constant. Neither the instrumental nor the vocals vary things up at all. The instrumental barely changes and the vocals stay at the same level of intensity the, se- the whole time, always belting, it's just that at some points it sounds better than others. The song is still nice to listen to, so a six, I think, is quite fair for it. Then, we get to Roxanne, um, which you might know from the band The Police. Uh, and yes, this is actually the same song. It's a, it's, a, it's a cover, if you will. It's a bit weird to include a. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I feel like it's kind of weird to include, like, one cover song. In an album full of um, original songs, like I don't know, I feel like it makes more sense to do kind of what, um, like what Ninja Sex Party did, um, which I might actually t- do at a later point. But um, yeah, uh, Ninja Sex Party—it's like they've got their albums of like original songs, but they also have a recurring series of, uh, oh, it's called Under the Covers, um, where they just do a bunch of covers of 80s songs, and it's actually really good sounding ones. Like, I think some of the particular highlights include, like, their covers of Take on Me, uh, Africa, uh, Don't You Lose My Number, uh, and... Oh, The Last Unicorn, that's a great one. Yeah, I feel like I want to cover them at some point, but later, later. Anyway, point is, I don't know, I just think it's kind of weird just to have that. Anyway, uh, so for Roxanne, we get an okay opening, a strong guitar strum, uh, Roxanne, uh, very strong opening note. The vocals in this song seem to be more forced. And it was it wasn't actually, to be honest, It wasn't until the It wasn't until the chorus that I realized that this song is a cover. Um, It sorta sounds like a drunk cover of the song with some heavier rock elements in the instrumental. Kinda sounds like they're rushing through the song in the chorus, which sounds very weird. Yeah, I think the vocals are quite bad in this song. He's just rushing through the song too much. Like, don't get me wrong, Patrick's a good singer, but he just doesn't sound good here. Then the song fades out at the end. As we all know, you know the son is a banner if it fades out. Except, this doesn't seem to be the case here. Anyway, the song's about a woman who doesn't have to be a woman of the night anymore, you know. But point is, it fades out, and you know that it's a banner if it fades out. Which is why I'm going to give this cover of Roxanne a 3.5 out of 10. As a cover song goes, like I said, it feels like a drunk karaoke night where the singer chose to do this song, but the karaoke machine malfunctioned a bit, so it started playing the song faster than normal, and the singer's just trying to, like, keep up. It doesn't sound that great. So! Now for the final score of the album. So for those of you who don't know how I do this, basically what I do is that I add up all of the songs, I add up all of the song scores that uh, we've had, that I've given to to all the songs, uh, and then divide them by the number of songs that there are in this album, which is 13. So uh, pretty much you have... You have 5, plus 5, plus 6, plus 6, plus 7, plus 6.5, plus 5.5, plus 6, plus uh, 6.5, plus 7, plus 4, plus 6, plus 3.5, divided by 13, and we get a final score of 5.7 out of 10. Overall... Fall Out Boy's first album is kinda meh. Nothing's really painful to listen to at least, but a lot of their songs are very typical sounding of punk rock songs. A lot of the songs are rather unoriginal, not only in instrument- not only in instrumental, but also subject matter, since I'm pretty sure like 80% of the songs are about toxic relationships or just relationships in general. There are a few songs that, uh, don't really change things up in the structure of them. However, some other songs are quite catchy and nice to listen to, but pretty much every song suffers from at least one of those weaknesses I just mentioned. Either the instrumental sounds very typical, the song's about a very clichéd subject matter, or the structure of the song is very static. I think that Homesick at Space Camp is the only song that doesn't actually suffer from any of those weaknesses. Overall, Homesick at Space Camp and Calm Before the Storm were my favourite songs in the album. Uh, Grenade Jumper and Sending Postcards from a Plane Crash were also okay, but the rest I found were pretty meh. There's only one song that I would probably say is bad, and that's Roxanne, but that's a cover, and wasn't in the original album, so... There is still that to remember. So, uh, that's it. That is Fall Out Boy's very first album ever. Um, I don't know, if, uh, to be honest, I've never actually encountered a single person uh, whose favourite song... Whose favourite album is this first one. So... I feel as though there's, uh... There's more to... More to look forward to for, um... For Fallout Boy. Uh, that's one... One album down out of... Uh, seven. That's one more than Panic! At The Disco has done so far. So... If you're only listening to this, uh, for the Fallout Boy content, uh, I mean, I'd recommend that you listen to some of my other stuff, obviously. Um, who knows, maybe, maybe you like, maybe you like me and my, uh, absolutely charming personality and, uh, intoxicating voice, uh, you know, that sounds like I just got up out of bed, but, you know. Uh, I'd recommend that you listen to some of the other stuff. I, I, I'd like to say that it's quite... it's decent, it's good, it's... Yeah. It, it's possible. <laughs> um. Anyway. Um, but if you are just uh, listening to this for the Fallout Boy content, then, you know, I can't really blame you for that. That's fine. That's totally understandable. Um, but in that case, I guess I will see you for... Their second album, uh, From Under the Cork Tree, another album which I don't think I've heard a single one of their songs from. So, yeah. Um, in that case, I will see you guys, uh, next time. Next time, next episode that you guys see me, or decide to listen to me in, um... But until then, I hope you guys enjoyed, and uh, yeah, have a good one.